It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Napa know-how. When you purchase a set of Napa brake pads and rotors, you get a discount code from Fanatics.com worth up to $50 towards your favorite sports gear. While Napa can't help your team reach the promised land, we can help make sure your car will because these brakes come with something no sports team does. Guaranteed performance. Great brakes, great price, great fan gear. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Offer expires September 30th, 2017. Rams Nation, welcome back. This is Bear Motter from Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams, your daily source for news, updates, and analysis of your Los Angeles football Rams. Well, we got some exciting stuff today, guys, from Rams Podcast. I got my man, James Kroger. James, how you doing, bud? Welcome back to the show. I'm doing great, Bear. Thanks for having me on again. I am just coming back from a slight cold, so I apologize my... My You're fired. You're voice done. This is a little more nasally than normal. <laughs> so, well, dude, I appreciate you jumping on and doing this. Uh, for you guys listening in, James joins me over at Rams Podcast. We talk about it every time. That's at Rams Podcast. iTunes, Twitter, Instagram. Give us a follow. Give us a shout out. Let us know what you want to hear uh, on Locked On Rams as well as Rams Podcast. But he's nice enough to join us weekly, so get used to him on the show. Uh, he'll be joining us here and bringing his take uh, all the way from Rams Podcast all the way over to Lockdown Rams. Long way I traveled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we appreciate it. Well, James, I want to get into uh, the game and your recap. I talked about it a little bit yesterday, uh, you know, my thoughts on the game. You were at the game, so you had a different experience. I was watching at home yelling at my TV early. You got to really, uh, you know, yell at the players uh, on the field. So tell me about how your experience went, what it was like. Uh, and what your game day uh, experience at, at so, the Coliseum was. It was great, Bear. Um, and it was probably a unique experience as opposed to some of the other Rams games I've been to. Um, Redskins fans travel very well. Yeah. I learned that being uh, you know, in Seattle and on the West Coast, um, as far away as we are from, from their team, they do travel where, well. We all know that they have a large history with the NFL. They've been around a long time, got a major history with fans. My whole family is Redskins fans, which was... Uh, interesting. A little bit awkward. Yeah, a little awkward at the game. So, um, had to answer a lot of text messages and my dad yelling in my ear. Oh man, uh, the especially whole time. when especially when we were down thirteen nothing. I'm sure he wasn't <laughs> just being quiet. Oh, he was excited. It was it was apparent pretty early on that we were just going to get run all over um, by the skins. But we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But you know, the tailgate area was pretty fifty fifty. Yeah. You know, just walking through. Um, we walked through lot two, lot six. Um, some of the guys on on Twitter gave us a shout outs. I tried to get to their tailgates in time, but um, you know it's pretty kind of close with the game. But yeah, fifty fifty in the tailgating area. In the game, it was the same deal. I was behind the Redskins bench, kind of on the other touchdown line, so um, I was in Redskins area. Right. But looking around, trying to um, gain some perspective of the overall field, I heard a lot of people saying that you know Rams didn't show up. We didn't sell that many tickets. Uh, the the Chargers and Rams together sold less tickets than USC versus, versus Texas. Well, yeah, I'll tell you one thing, guys. This isn't USC versus Texas. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and, and you know, the stadium, the, the Coliseum is a huge stadium. Yeah, it's, it's ninety thousand. So you know, we're not going to fill it out. It did look really empty on TV, especially as they were panning from left to right, and you saw, and then you could see a lot of, um, you know. Burgundy, I guess, is what what you'd yeah. call it, the Redskins color there, and and it w- yeah, it was tough to watch at the beginning because you're right, it came fresh off of a UFC game versus Texas. That is, you know, these two powerhouse 
uh, you know, programs that they have history and they sold that thing out. And it from going from packed to not being able to see a seat empty to the Rams game the very next day, just back to back, it was tough to see. It was pretty pretty empty and it was kind of a bummer. But like you're right. Uh, the price scale of, of tickets are different, even though you can get Rams cheap, seats pretty cheap. I think uh, your mom and wife got tickets yeah. uh, the day of the game and got them cheaper than you and better seats. Yeah, yeah, they were Burn. way in front of us. Um, so I I got these seats a long time ago. I knew my family was going to come into town, and in honor of my family, I got it on the Redskins side, even though I did rock my Rams gear. There you go, bud. But uh, yeah, my wife and mom, day of, decided to just browse and maybe join us at the game. $45 they paid yeah. uh, to sit probably 10 rows back. That's um, crazy. Behind, behind the Redskins bench around the 40-yard line, so... Um, what a bummer! Uh, yeah, it came to that. So, um, having said that, you guys, I you know I know I mentioned the Redskins have a huge um, history. They those guys were chanting back to back over and over again uh, the whole game. Yeah. I had hail to the Redskins, <laughs> whose house Redskins house all around me all wow. game long, and they just they were they're passionate fans. Um, and you know the the Rams, even though they are an old team back in the day in L.A., they're they're back they're new to the city again. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they just, they had us beat when it came to the fan love, I must say. When it well, came... not only that, but they also had us beat on the field. I mean, right. you talked about those rushing yards. We talked about it yesterday, 229 rushing yards on the ground, uh, was kind of a shock. I'm assuming was a shock to you, uh, being there, especially as the big news of the day, as far as our defense was, was Aaron Donald was back on the field. Right. And we expected uh, last week we had a performance that was really great against the Colts. Yes, they did have old man Frank Gore running the ball and, and, a, and a broken up, you know, uh, battered offense line of the Indianapolis Colts. But man, I did not expect for our big guy to get back and to get gouged left and right and just give up all those monster yards. What was your thought on AD and how he performed and, and, and just having him back in the lineup? Yeah, well, we all know what happened against the Colts, like you just mentioned. So you go into this game with a large amount of confidence as far as what our defense is able to do. Right. On top of that, we get back the best player in the NFL. Yeah. So you have this kind of confidence behind you um, going into the game. And right away, they just started rushing all over us. Uh, Chris Thompson, who only had three touchdowns before this game total, Got two on us. Yeah. Um, and they just ran the ball down our throats, jammed it down our throats. Uh, and Donald was getting one-on-one the whole time, which typically he can beat. Uh, I think he came out and said afterwards that he wasn't thinking right and wasn't really happy with his overall performance. But you kind of go into that game with a lot of confidence, knowing we got that guy, expecting to sack Cousins at least a couple times in the first quarter. None of that happened. Yeah, they the Cousins had plenty of time back there, which was unfortunate, especially with how well they were running the ball. We really couldn't put pressure either on the run or the pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny, as, we, as we're talking about AD here, um, I saw uh, you know the stats released, and he got 48 out of 71 snaps. Mm. And I think at one point you text me, uh, you know, is he playing a lot right now? Because I'm not seeing him. Yeah, you know, and so- it, it's, the impact wasn't there. It's even you're at the game, and yeah, you can see number 99, but... Um, he wasn't getting that impact that you typically see him in, as far as disrupting the other team's offense. Absolutely, like that was that was the thing. Every time I would look out there, I did see him on the sidelines a couple times during the first quarter, and so I texted Bear. You know, it seems like AD's not getting too many snaps, and you correct him. He said, actually, he's getting he's in there for most of the plays. Yeah, um, it just it just did not feel like it, and it just didn't feel like you have that trustworthy, solid. Uh, guy in there having a big impact and it opened up the field for the Redskins to run against us and get those little short passes and just chip away and drive down the field. We all saw what happened. 
So here's another thing with those snaps that he did. 48 of 70 on defense, and then he had seven on special teams, which I did not even see him out there on special teams, so I'm not sure if he was on uh, punt or punt return or where they ended up putting him. What are your thoughts of using Aaron Donald on special teams? A little risky? I mean, for his first game back, I know we probably want to get him conditioned and, and up to speed, but you know, using our best guy on special teams is one of those areas that you know a lot of injuries happen on, on those type of plays. Yeah, it was risky um, with – you know, McVeigh being a little more conservative in other areas during the game, I think it was a risky move, uh, probably a Wade Phillips call. I think what they were trying to do was just get him some additional snaps since he did miss all of the preseason um, and obviously game one and a lot of practice. So I think they were just trying to get him comfortable out on the field because maybe they saw early on he wasn't getting to the quarterback, he wasn't beating the one-on-one, so they maybe tossed him out there. Um, I know you typically like to have – uh, faster people on the on the special team side, and we all know how great our special teams yeah. are. Um, so maybe they're just trying to get a fast guy out there, get him a few more snaps, a little more comfort out there, and maybe make a big play. But it was a risky move. How did you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, like you were mentioning, as far as you tracking AD all game, kind of got distracted in, in just the, the motion of the game. So I didn't see him out there on special teams. I'm yeah. glad I didn't because it probably would have freaked me out. Like you said, I mean, you're putting your guy – who, yes, we have under contract for a couple more years, but um, just coming back game one and throwing them into these plays, like I said before, that usually a lot of injuries happen on special teams because people are just flying up and down. There's no structure like other yeah. plays. So a little risky as far as that goes. And you mentioned it. McVeigh um, you know, was cautious in other areas during the game and, and his play calling. That was kind of a perfect segue here because I wanted to get into that. Uh, with taking that and risking him out there on, on those plays, but then... When it came to the play calling on offense, there were a bunch of third and sevens, third and nines, and I think there was one even in the fourth quarter where you know we were not maybe necessarily moving the football really well, but it was a like a third and long, and you're thinking, okay, we're gonna have to go for it here and keep the drive alive, and yeah. we did a draw to Gurley, which honestly, if he breaks out to the right hand side, he may pick up the first down and more. Uh, he cut it back up inside and got tripped up, so. I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on, on the way McVeigh called the game, um, you know, from, from last week? Well, he was a lot more conservative, in my opinion. And I don't really understand why, to be honest, because, uh, we, you know, the Tissat we talked about on Rams podcast last week when it came to 20-plus yard uh, passes, Jared Goff was the number one rated uh, quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Um, we felt pretty comfortable with our wide receiver core on the deep pass. Uh, and the the short to middle passes. So some of the plays, like you exactly like you mentioned on the third downs, were really where he kept it ultra conservative. I think he was having a lot of faith with um, the way Gurley was performing and just hoping to have that breakout uh, additional yards after the reception from these guys. But um, I was surprised to be honest uh, that he that he took that route, and I I still don't know why. I'm, I'm assuming you know the. He thinks the Redskins are very familiar with his offensive scheme, so right. he's trying to change things up and um, you know uh, make some unseen moves on on those guys. But it, I was kind of disappointed in some of those third down calls. I don't know if we have the stat here uh, around, but our third down conversion ratio uh, probably wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't great. I think we were somewhere in the line of like uh, five for five for twelve, five for twelve. Yeah, yeah and, which isn't great. And you know, the one thing that I mentioned yesterday on the podcast is you know I was you know excited to see how. Goff did use the check down occasionally and did throw the ball away a couple times. One time he even you know, tried to sneak in a little run in there and got down pretty quick. But he didn't force the ball into coverage to make mistakes. But yeah. it was. I mean, you mentioned that stat, you know, with Goff being number one in the QBR 
on deep balls over 20 yards in week one. So it was a little surprising that they didn't try a couple of them at least. Like yeah. maybe, you know, you know, tell Goff, all right, listen, we're going to take a shot here. Make sure you throw it, you know, to where only our guy can get it. If you're going to, if you're going to take a shot, you know, be safe on it. But it was surprising that we didn't go down the field basically at all coming yeah. off of the game that he had. We did have that massive reception uh, to Gerald Everett, which basically was mostly a run and catch type of thing. I think it was like a 15 yard 10-yard pass, and then he took it the rest of the way, which ended that, up being... But that's our tight end. Yeah, that's like, our, you're right. That's our tight end, and it was uh, kind of a fun stat that I saw here. It was 69 yards, ended up being the longest reception by a rookie tight end since 1992. Mm, sweet. I love the way they put those stats together to find, well, okay, longest by a tight end since <laughs> 92, that, who's left-handed. Well, what a great stat, and how surprising has it ever been in, as far as performance is concerned. But I want to touch base real quick, uh, back, to, back to Goff, because, yeah. you know... Regardless of the one play at the very end of the game, he he looked confident back there. He was being smart with his decisions for the most part. And so in that scenario where Goff is continuing to look confident, let him let him take a few more risks and get the ball down the field. Yeah, a especially bit. I mean, especially early in the game when we're you know, we fought back in from down thirteen nothing, went on a ten oh run. We started to really build that confidence. That big run uh by Chris Thompson at the end of the half really was, you know, it was a dagger, but uh, we got to let Goff kind of, as he's building that confidence, start to, you know, he's got the arm. We've got the the speed and talent at wide receiver. So a little shocking that they were conservative there, especially on some of the third down calls when, you know, we were texting back and forth going like, really? That's your that's your third and eight yeah. call? Like when we're when we're down, we need to take advantage of a, of a you know, hot quarterback or keeping our defense off the field. And uh, we just didn't weren't able to take advantage of that. Speaking of keeping it on the offensive side of the ball, uh, I Barely touched on this yesterday, but I want to ask your thoughts on it from being at the game. Uh, Sammy Watkins' first game had five catches, 50-something yards. We seemed to really go to him early and try to create that connection between him and Goff. He only got two targets this game. He caught both balls, got 30 yards. I know he had Josh Norman guarding him, and that kind of maybe caused a little bit of this. But your thoughts on not even trying to go his way more or trying to get creative on how to get the ball in his hands? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on how we got to get Watkins involved? Well, there's a few things at play here. I mean, to Sammy Watkins, we kind of all assume that he's going to be, you know, our number one receiver, if yeah. not the de- definitely the deep threat. Uh, well, you know, he like you mentioned, he only got two targets yesterday. We saw in the Colts game that, you know, because he seems like he's going to be the deep threat and possibly our number one option that – um, you know, it may be a way for us to distract the defense, sending Sammy Watkins off and hitting these other players. Right. For example, just this last game, Cooper Cup got six targets. Yeah. Three times the amount Sammy Watkins got, who we kind of think is our number one receiver. I heard a lot of the fans talking, uh, the Rams fans talking, like, throw it to Watkins. What are they doing with Watkins? Why isn't he in there? Why isn't he getting the ball? Right. And that was a great question. You're right. Like, yes, he was matched up with Josh Norman, but... You know, McVeigh should be able to to change this up a bit and, and get some of these guys the ball. I mean, everybody, our top three receivers only had three receptions each. Yeah, and when, you know, we got him the ball, he did some things. I mean, he had one, I think it was third and five, and then he ended up coming off, getting a quick little catch, and then he did a great spin move on the outside and picked up another, yep. you know, 15, 20 yards. And those are the type of things that, if we get him in his hands, let him do the run after the catch. So I was a little surprised that, um, you know, I know game plans change from week to week and how the defenses are covering you. You kind of have to look elsewhere and, and create, you know, different options on the offense. But definitely was surprised that he only got two targets out of the whole game, especially with, you know, uh, I think Goff had 25 attempts. So uh, if we're, we're going to stick in that range, I think he needs to see at least 
at least five to six targets a game. Well, on that note, I mean, let's go to who we thought would gonna kind of be our second uh, option, our number two wide receiver, Robert Woods. Oh man, he only got the ball. Don't once. even get me started. And then I, you know, I know you mentioned the penalties yesterday on your show, yeah. but like. That was a major disappointment yesterday. Big time disappointment. I don't know if he was at the USC game the night before watching his alma mater, had a couple too many and showed up not ready to play. But, yeah. um, man, you know, his, his coaches at USC wouldn't have been proud of, his, of what he did um, on Sunday. He had a, a big drop across the middle, which I know you mentioned you know, earlier, and then those two penalties. And one was uh, pass interference, which really was unnecessary. Yep. Uh, Gurley picked up the first down inside the 10. It brought us all the way back. We had to settle for the game-tying field goal at that point. But um, I know he's probably let down, but he definitely had a flop of a game, and we need to see some better production. Because like you said, uh, going into the season, he kind of was circled as the number two, and and if we get that type of production out of there, especially with Tavon getting healthier and healthier, he's going to not only uh, just kind of lose opportunities, but he's going to just fall down that roster, and and especially with Cup right there behind in that solid three, uh, he's not going to be able to find a lot of time on the field if he continues to play like that. So, Barry, like, who who would have thought last week and kind of, you know, during practice this season that our top two receivers during the Redskins game would be our running back and our tight end? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely, with all the options and threats we have on the outside. Uh, Gurley, but how exciting was that to see Gurley come out and really just go, all right, you know, I mean, he did get 88 yards, which is like, I feel like it, mentally, I'm like, that's like 100 yards for Gurley. Like, that's like 200 <laughs> yards for Gurley, the way that he's But it's, the way, it's quality over quantity in yeah, this situation. for sure. he leaped over two Redskins, one of them oh, for a score. How sick was that was live? Which was so close, because I was right behind that, yeah. right, where he scored that touchdown. I was right there, and I'm the, I'm the Rams guy doing yeah. the double horns. Like, yeah! Double horns! Just kind of silence behind me, but... Nice, um, the leap gets you the double horns. That was Gurley's first career reception for a touchdown. Which is shocking. Yeah. Yeah, that is actually pretty shocking. But I'm so excited how they've changed this season and given him the ball uh, as a wideout almost as much as getting the ball behind behind the quarterback. Well, I'm going to do a little quick flashback for, for our listeners here, and, and James will remember this. But a year ago, me and James went out to uh, Watts, and we actually helped participate in a uh, event for, at the time, it was Akeem Ayers, who was on the team uh, mm-hmm. before the season last year, before he got cut. Um, but it was a football camp, and Todd Gurley showed up, and we got to help run the camp as coaches, which was really fun. We got to interact with the players and stuff. And this brings me back to a video that you had shot of Gurley teaching the running backs yes. of how to come out of the backfield and make catches. Yep. And you actually got an amazing video of him doing a one-handed catch, kind of tipped it to himself, caught it. Did a little slow-mo. We tweeted it out. He actually retweeted it, which was yeah. pretty cool for us when we first started doing these podcasts. But um, So when I heard that he hasn't scored a touchdown on the receiving side, I was a little surprised, especially with the dominating rookie year. I did flashback that all of them came off of the rush. But really good to see him get in on the reception side and on the rushing side, even though he barely got in on the <laughs> rush. But hey, we'll take it, right? Yeah. But uh, pretty cool stuff. I think that that role for him is only going to develop more as we – um, see that he can handle these type of things and situations. And, and it's just a great safety net for Goff to really dump down and, and find that guy and let him run. There were a couple other times where Goff was buying some time on the play, and I was like, just just dump it, dump it, dump it yeah. to him. Because, I mean, that, that was working all game for us. 
Yeah, you're right. And wh- how well does that open up this offense? I mean, we talk about all the receivers. We talk about our number two receiver in this last game was our tight end and our, our running back. And we have so many additional options and threats um, this season. One guy, uh, you know, I don't think you talked about him yesterday, but how are you feeling about Taylor and Austin? Where's, where's his mentality right now? You know, I think, um, I think he had some little flashes at points. Uh, he's doing, you know, well in, in the punt return. He had one play where I think he probably moved within the area he was at. He probably moved like three steps, but he avoided like nine guys. He ended up picking up about 12 on the return. It was a little decent return, but you're looking at it and you're like, he's, he's got nowhere to go. And he just yeah. wiggled and found a little seam and got up uh, up the sidelines for a little bit. And then obviously you're seeing them try to get the ball in his hands, whether it's coming out of the backfield or on those little jet sweeps. He had another one on a jet sweep that the, the DN just really held contain and, and tripped him up. But if he gets by that guy he can work his speed and maybe pick up a big play. So I like how they're easing him. Again, he didn't play all preseason. He was a little banged up. He's coming off some injuries. So working him in and trying to find where he can, you know, have value, I think is, is going to be fun to watch. And then, you know, if we can't have guys like Robert Woods do what they're supposed to do, he's going to get more play. So I'm actually okay where where he's at. Unfortunately, I'm not okay with what we're paying him to do what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that's not this coach's staff's fault. Uh, that's kind of less need and, and Jeff Fisher, I mean, uh, what they kind of put our team in, in that position as far as his contract. But I think we got to keep giving him five to seven touches, whether that's handing the ball off to him or because he's a dynamic player and he's got speed. That's not that's not, you know, the question. It's, you know, can we get him in open space and let him let him run? So I, that was a good way to bring that up because he's he's one of those guys that you're going to want to keep watching and see where his role is going to develop in this team. And thank you for allowing me to interview you on your show. I, yeah. I started out, I was like, how do you feel about that? I, I, I like it. You, you know, we, we do, show. Yeah, we do a lot of that on Rams <laughs> podcast. So uh, to me, that's just we're just falling right back into what we do. But with that said, James, I want to I want to thank you, man. We kind of cruised through this episode. I want to ask you one more thing before we get out of here. I saw something pretty cool. Um, Los Angeles Rams are now ranked sixth most valuable NFL franchise mm. at three billion. Yes, that's with a b- 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 <laughs> billion dollars. Um, how cool is that? I mean, we've got our new stadium open up in a couple years. I'm sure that uh, ranking's only going to go up and up and up if we can continue to win and maybe get some, uh, you know, uh, quality uh, product on the field. Do you see that at our new stadium, we're going to have issues? Uh, with crowd as far as people saying no one's showing up or do you think this is kind of just the beginning and we're growing something here i totally think it's the beginning and we're growing we let I me mean, just look around look at the turnaround we did in one year since we got to los angeles i just think we're a brand new team this loss is not scaring me i was really excited about 95 percent of that game so um yeah i think we have so much potential bear and i you know that's a that's quite the uh, value, yeah. But we think we're Cha-ching! in Los Angeles. We are building a brand new stadium. The the Clippers are moving down to Inglewood. We're getting the Olympics in there. I think we have we are building such a solid foundation to be a prime time team at that point. Yeah. Um. So if all goes well, you know, I'm I'm down with that number. I just wish I could get a little bit of that money myself. Yeah. Break me off a little something. <laughs> yeah, something. Like a point oh one percent of the team. Yeah. Come on, Crunky. Give me a little something, something there, bro. Just some handout contest. Um. Well, dude, thanks for joining us. Uh, I feel like this is a this is a good little episode we threw together here, bud. We sure did. Uh, we're actually gonna now jump over and we're gonna do a Rams podcast. We're gonna do our full on. Uh, our version of all the news updates and analysis. So guys, don't forget to check us out at Rams Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes. Before I leave you here for Locked On Rams, make sure to go to iTunes, leave a review, 
and put your Twitter handle because we're still giving away a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. That's a $40 value. It gets you player news, updates, analysis, charts, graphs, all the nerdy stuff you need to set your fantasy football lineup or even just sound smart at the office. So uh, I actually, looking at this today, have no reviews there. So if you're just the first person to do it, you're probably going to win. Well, I'm heading over right uh, Yeah. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, go leave a review. Tell me you love me. Uh, that would be nice, too. Uh, but we'll be back tomorrow, and we're going to have a special guest Brian Peacock, he actually runs the Locked On Niners podcast. So we're going to get him on and we're going to talk about uh, the Niners matchup and see how everything's going there. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be a good show tomorrow. Until next time, Rams Nation. Peace. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.